Good morning and welcome to Being the Change Now. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning, Ashwini. All right, our assignment for this week. This week, we pay attention to how conditioning overrides the still small voice. We seek to bring into awareness the subliminal messages we receive and believe that lure us down the on-ramp to identification with what we're not. There are times when ego identification is so complete, there is no awareness of the inner guidance. This is not the subject of our inquiry. We're paying attention to those occasions when we hear the still small voice and then override it with a conditioned pattern of thought or behavior. Our practice is to notice how that happens. What is the conditioning that trumps the still small voice? Can you sense what aspect of ego gets asserted and maintained when the still small voice is overridden? What untruths about who you are and what life is gets reinforced when the still small voice is not heeded? Record and listen. Here's our first caller. You are now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Oh. Hi, this is Stefania. Uh, Hello? Yes, uh, I'm all strata. So yes. Are you, are you on a change uh, or? Yes, yeah, I'm going to stop. Very muffled. Yes. Sorry, I'm trying to get off. But. Okay. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello? Oh. Yes, yes hi. It's much better. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first of all, I feel bad because I I call again. You pick me again, and I know some people are waiting to call. I don't know if it's um, Robin, basically. Just put yourself in a uh, in, uh, in a queue. I think that if you listen to you. Stefania, I can't understand. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe you should call back in and we can re- re- uh, attempt to get you back. So, uh, Stefania, if you're listening, would you just call back in and we'll see if we could get you back in the queue. Sherry, I'm going to bring in another caller. All right. Thank you. Next caller, you're now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, this is Nancy from Dolan, hey, Washington. What do you think? Hey. Well, <clears throat> well, you know, when, I, when the word subtle came up, I, I thought, well, I don't think it's that subtle. Conditioning, I mean, this has been, I don't know if anybody else had this conditioning, but the very first memory, one of my very first memories was of, you know, first of all, being seen and not heard. And then the second big uh, message that I got was you can't be boastful, you can't be proud. Um, it's kind of a sin. It is a sin to to be that way. But I, re- you know, it was like one of my very first memories. So it has been an uphill battle, you know, with that uh, feeling of uh, not wanting to look at how. I've done well or, you know, I don't want to talk about being, you know, my successes or, you know, I, I only look at the failures, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, ego, egocentric karmic conditioning self-hate is really good 
at orchestrating our experience in the mind. Oh, yeah. That, that's his specialty. So, of course, those aren't your first memories. Those definitely were not your first experiences. But that's what gets brought to the top of the list so that you will refer to it often, so that it will become more true for you, so that you'll have a deeper uh, feeling about it, so that it will control your experience. Yes. Well, and yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So just so we, we tie both of those together, you don't have successes any more than you have failures. Yes. And all ego is doing is putting the success in opposition to the failure so that that will be the focus of attention. It'll have you wanting to go back and forth between those two in an endless conversation. That's ego's whole deal. Yes. Yeah, no, that's exactly how it's felt over the years is that, you know, I've had plenty of successes and and yet the failures well, are what gets... Well, you know, if, if, if I may, you don't have successes. Yes. Right? A lot of wonderful things have, have existed say. in your life that you were aware of. Mm-hmm. That's not the same as you doing something. Yes. Thank you for that distinction because it is, that yeah. feels very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because both of those, ego is doing, right? So it says you do badly, you do well. You're, you're a bad person, you're a good person. But as long as we're in that realm, it's, it's, all, it's all happening in ego. Mhm, mhm. Yeah. And I do, you know, um, I see movement in in the just kind of shift. There has been a shift in um, feeling, you know, not feeling like I'm unworthy. Um, and yet, it, that's when it becomes subtle. Is now, not, you know, it was a very strong message when I was young, but the subtle, it's very subtle uh, at this point in my life. Well, fortunately, you have become more subtle. <laughs> right. right? Because you're aware of it. I mean, if it's screamed at you, you're, a, you're an unworthy loser sinner, you would say, wow, that's completely demented, right? So it it goes to a more subtle message, but you're more subtle in your awareness practice, and so you see it just as clearly. So may I offer you a a practice to go with that? Yes, please. All right. So when it comes up, either side of that duality, you you have all these successes, you, you have all these failures, what you simply acknowledge is, that's nonsense. I'm not having that conversation. And you redirect your attention to the present. Oh, good. I'm going to put that on my recorder right away. <laughs> good. <laughs> and listen often and practice it lots. 
because right. uh, because what what you've caught on to is a is a whole uh, how right a whole big section of what ego has been doing to control you, mm-hmm. and so you don't need to you don't need to wear it out. At this point, you can let it go. Just drop it. Yeah. Yep. Just drop it. If you like love, you can turn your attention there. If you like happiness, you can turn your attention oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. That's all those all those in the moment kinds of experiences. Oh, that's how I know that it hasn't gotten me because that's what I have been doing. You know, it's like that's what I can do. And if I were listening to all those voice, you know, voices, I'd be a miserable person. And exactly. yeah. Yeah, and, and I know how, how, yeah, just to drop yeah, it. And the proof is that you're not miserable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank All you right. so much. All right. Very good. Thanks, Nancy. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Nancy. Sherry, what, what I heard in that uh, call is the, the, the conditioned notion of, okay, if I'm focused on the failure, then I have to focus on the success, and why am, not, am I not able to... Uh, remind myself of what is also true, and that's just shifting us between one side of the duality or the other. And really, the, the, the Aikido move is to, be, to, be, to drop that conversation, to drop out of the duality and just identify with life unfolding. Because it's absence of duality, and so we don't have to worry, within quotes, about success or failures. That's it. That's it. That's it exactly, and uh, when we when we see it so clearly, when we realize what's going on, as you say, we've got an Aikido move. We don't need to play the game. We just say no, thank you. I'm doing that with you. Yeah. All right. Here's our next caller. You are now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Oh hi. <clears throat> oh, it's Alicia from Seattle. Hey, Alicia. Hello. Uh, I, I, I feel like I'm sort of seeing the same thing that other people are, are reporting. So the most, like the loudest, um, thing is the, um, is the, like this, this message of, you know, unworthiness that, uh, like so, so I had I I, I got some I, I had a an event happen in my life where I got to see this quite well, and and sometimes I'm a little surprised by the intensity of it, but that intensity is part of the sort of process that makes me tend to believe it. Um, I I had a dear friend who was killed in an accident, and when her sister called me, of course, I didn't expect to get that kind of call. And I was really, really upset. Um, And then (laughs) it reminded me of something a caller said yesterday, where it's so cruel. Um, A few days later, I start hearing like, well, you know, it's really harder for her sister. And how could you be so, (laughs) you know, uh, uh, you should have been thinking of her. And anyway, just this whole... um, thing that is now continued as I'm about to go to her memorial. Uh, and I'm, I'm, at, I'm just at least grateful that, because it does feel like it's a, almost a, 
a person with a um, a, a bullhorn uh, next to me. I mean, it, it has that kind of intensity to it. And so the process that I am seeing is more of the, I think the way we talk about it here is sort of like I'm sort of cowering rather than, I, I think the, we've used like now the hunted becomes the hunter. Like I, I've, I've watched that happen where I can, sort of like we were just talking about in the last conversation where you're just doing that Aikido move. But I am seeing, you know, certain content that as the intensity dials up, I, um, yeah, I, I, I'm just noticing uh, anyway, it's, it's, I don't know if it's harder. I, I don't know quite what the word is, but I can see the underlying, Oh, you're because you're not worthy or you did, you did it wrong. And now, You've, maybe you've hurt somebody or anyway, that, that's what I'm seeing that just completely uh, kind of, it feels like denying access, you know, to what's true. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the uh, payoff, right? That's the entire raison d'etre for the, for the process, which is denying what's true. What is true is that you are the intelligence that animates all, right? And identification with that would, would really put the ego voice in perspective as something imaginary that always spews light. But it is so true that that's the core message that we've received all our lives, right? That what we are is the self that is worthless. That illusion of separation that's undeserving, unworthy, the lowest of the low. And because it's such a core message, in times of deep identification, the intensity of receiving that or feeling that is, it, it, you know, drowns out everything else. And, and that's what happens in, you know, challenging circumstances, which is why we practice, right? We practice the move of disidentification so that's available in those places where we are vulnerable and in the places where we do get disidentified and the intensity seems overwhelming. overwhelming the prescription is still the same. Right, Alicia, as, you're, as you are right. pointing out, you're grateful to be able to see and know what's going on. So there's some element of, yeah, this feels intense. Yes, this feels like I'm being beaten up, but I know what's going on. Yes. Yeah, it, it, is, it, is, it is clear. And yesterday when, when a caller talked about being... Um, having a hard time at a doctor's appointment because she had really experienced some pain, you know, in the past and then hearing that somehow there was something wrong with her for, you know, the feelings that she was having or whatever. And, and when I hear it from the point of view of others, it sounds so terribly cruel that I, it's astounding. And then yet somehow it, in certain circumstances, the cruelty, uh, it takes a little while um, for me to, to see it, but it's very helpful when we lay it all out because then it's like, okay, well, clearly there it is. So. Yeah. And, the, and the word Cherry often uses here is yet. Yes. Right? So, clearly. So when we're disidentified, <laughs> disidentified yes, it's, it's possible to see the cruelty that is being perpetrated by those voices all the time. When we're identified, especially when we're most vulnerable, right, when something that we love and care about deeply has, has been hurt, there's a pain that is capitalized to create suffering. It's not that we don't experience pain 
uh, or right. suffering. It's just that, that, that there is a way in which that's exploited. And then we, we notice that too. It, 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 it's just part of that process. So you're absolutely right. It's, it's all right that it takes us a while to disidentify and see the clarity or the, or the cruelty because we're always in a process. And part of the way we're made to suffer is the other subliminal message, which is if you're a spiritual practitioner, this should, right. this should, you should be equanimous all the time. <laughs> right. And I am so grateful um, that the, what, you, what you said about it sort of like because of the vulnerability. I, I actually hadn't, hadn't seen that um, in this process. Like, of course, I, it, that's a hurt that I, it's not part of my everyday, vul- I mean, that kind of news and, and all that is it's so, yes, you're very vulnerable and it's very painful and just almost instantly then that's used. Um, yeah, yeah, that's used by the ego to, yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, if I may, there's a way of framing that, right? That the, the suffering is what conditioning comes in to capitalize on. So the attention gets focused on the suffering and all of what you are not, how could you be this way? You should have been more available to her sister for whom it's more difficult, right? But that is to camouflage. The vulnerability is to the conditioning because in that moment, we are most in touch with the love that we are. And the conditioning is an attempt to keep us from staying with that as the authentic experience. Because if the attention moves to, oh, why should you do this and who are you for that and why didn't you do that and what, that cruelty is meant to deflect the attention from having the authentic, authentic experience of the love that you are. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's very helpful. And the love that you feel. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's, oh, it's, yeah. And, and it's very, quite effective. But, but very good to see. Yes, really very grateful. good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very effective. Very compelling. Yes. Until yes. we do this kind of practice and keep disidentifying, either in watching it happen to someone else and knowing how untrue it is, or recovering from the depth of the, the punch in ourselves. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, thank you. Thank you, Alicia. You know, that conversation, uh, the, the, the piece of it that I want to underline is the importance of getting how vicious, how hateful, how cruel that system is. And that if we think just letting it go on at its sort of uh, just, you know, not that bad. It's, it's, it's not that bad. You know, I'm, it, it, it's really fun. It's, amount, it's an amount of cruelty that I can live with. Okay? <laughs> we can go on like that day after day after day. But one day, we're going to be in a situation like the one just uh, talked about. And that's what's going to come out. And it's going to be so cruel and so ugly that we're not even going to be able to believe it, but we will believe it. Because we've been indulging it day after day, day after day, day after day. 
We've let it get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Really is the process of nipping it in the bud, whenever and however it shows up. Yeah. And the thing that uh, that I was looking at in that conversation that, that occurred is, uh, you know, having the ability to just say, fine. Okay, good. Good. You, you know, Alicia, you're being really selfish here. Okay, good. Good, thank you. I I want to I want to recall the love of my friend. I want I want to be with that. Well, shouldn't you you should be? Uh huh. Okay. Whatever. This is what I'm choosing. Instead of fighting it or feeling bad about it or arguing with it, just ignore it. Then it has no power. It's just an ugly, nasty bull. Ugly, nasty, and cruel. Pardon me? I said it's ugly, nasty, and cruel. Oh. It is good stuff. Well, here's our next caller, Sherry. You're now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Andrea. Hey, Andrea. What are you seeing? Um, well, I was primarily looking through the assignment of when have I been heard the the um, still small voice and overrid it. And um, I'm going through a really stressful time right now because I have an exam that's coming up in eight days for my career and there's just a huge amount of really cruel ugly conditioning like what was just talked about and what I'm seeing is I've been taking some practice exams and what I see is that um, in certain instances I got the problem wrong because I second-guessed myself and overrode the first impulse but then there were other instances where I got the problem wrong because I um, just went with my gut without really evaluating it carefully enough. And this is a timed test. I only have about a minute for each question. And so I can see conditioning trying to come in and figure it all out and basically have an algorithm for when to listen to my voice and when to not. and that's what I'm seeing. Well, it, it's so perfect, isn't it? It, it? Thank you for this because it, it's yet another example of how hateful and ugly ego is, right? Yeah. So it's just right there doing everything it can to screw up your career, to get you not to be able to be present during this exam so that you will get a, a bad result and and it will be able then to just hold this over you and beat you with it for the rest of your natural life. That's its only motivation. At first, we're conditioned to believe, oh, no, it's on your side. It's really trying to help you get this right. It's really trying to help you pay attention and, and focus and look in the... No, it's not. No, it's not. And you can see that. 
Yeah, and I can see that as it as it's getting closer and closer, it's ramping up. And oh, um, you better know it. Yeah, if they well, had you completely unconscious at the time of that exam, that that it would be in heaven. If it could have you in such a knot that you wouldn't be able to put your name on the thing, it would, ego would be delirious with happiness as much as it can feel happiness, which is an ugly form of uh, perversion of that emotion. Yeah, I mean, it's really ugly because it's basically, you know, it, it wants me to believe its story, which is that I don't have a good enough memory to do this and I'm not up to the task. That's right. And, you know, Andrew, here's the, here's the hardest part of it. This is, this is the hardest part of all of everything that we do in practice is getting to that place of being able to say with absolute certainty, human being, human being I live with and call Andrea, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. I am going to love you just as much after this test is over as I do right now. All I want is your well-being. All I want is for you to be happy and know yourself to be the wonderful human being that you are. That's it. Yeah, I was phrasing it a little differently. Um, I was basically saying all I really want is to be relaxed as I go through this. That's right. That's right. And the relaxation comes from it doesn't matter what the result is. You pass, you fail. It works, it doesn't work, you get what you want, you don't get what you want. Can you stay in unconditional love? That's the only thing that matters with all these life tests, in quotes. That's it. Will you choose unconditional love? Will you choose life? Or will you choose ego? Mm. That's, all, that's it. And you know, Andrea, the most wonderful part of this is we get test after test after test after test. It isn't just one test. Moment by moment, we're asked to make that choice. Live in unconditional love or live in ego suffering. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah, and there's no punishment. The only punishment comes from ego. Yeah, and I just have to keep reminding myself that, especially, I mean, every day and every moment, but especially now, that's right. And, and let this be one of the things that keeps you from ever forgetting. Because on a regular day when there's nothing going on, it's not that bad, you're a little annoyed, you're a little irritable, you're a little frightened, you're a little whatever, uh-uh. No. In those moments, too. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, let us know, okay? Keep us Thank you. on the process. Thank you, Andrea. Thanks. Gosho. Gosho. Thanks, Andrea. And Jerry, we have time for one more caller. So here we go. Next caller, you are now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Ashwini and Sherry. This is Jen in Pennsylvania. Hey, Jen. Hey. Um, yeah, there's so much. <laughs> 
So it feels like what I'm watching is how, it, like it feels like the still small voices, what was just talked about, it's always feeling like this place of like, relax, everything's okay, you know, everything's fine. And then I see just over and over the places of, well, but you have to worry about this. I think it's the like, you know, maybe later you can relax, but you know, this it, this this thing has happened to this person. You need to be worried about that. You've you've let something down. You're going to let something down. This, you know, after this thing happens today, there's often that scanning, like like what's going to be, you know, bad and difficult. And you might, you know, you have to get worked up into a knot over today. And then once that's over, maybe then, you know, this whole still small voice, everything's okay, relax is available, right? But it it seems like it's that kind of thing over and over um, that, that overrides that and then, then, then keeps in place. Like, so that's what life needs to be. You know, you human being need to be, you know, stressed and worried all the time, except maybe here or there you'll get this chance to, you know, be in that relaxation that's promised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, um, the, so, Jen, what we're pointing to is, so here's for, for the it's the conditional right so you don't you there would still small voices it is an ongoing encouragement towards relaxation in the moment whereas the conditioning is, the conditioned voice is stress it's pressure it's worry it's scanning it's vigilant because you are responsible for the entirety of human existence that, that it's so clear when we lay it out that way what each perspective is about because life takes care of life whatever happens happens everything in life is acceptable to life what what the still small voice is signaling is a process orientation which is you're not in charge Jen the you that thinks it's in charge is ego it's not real disidentify from that and relax into that which can take care of everything from which nothing from which there is no experience of something wrong our conditioning is to reinforce exactly the opposite perspective, which is the world is, is full of things to worry about, and I'm carrying the world on my shoulders. And if I do something wrong, then the world will collapse. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for that. that just that shift. It's always the place, you know, that, that, that that's what's being offered here. That's what we're practicing is that process because I can see I mean I, I, I'm sunk if I go with the you know ego and it's the conditional you know this this scenario get through that scenario because there's always a scenario that I, that I have to mm-hmm. in quotes you know get all worried and stressed and care on carry on my shoulders but that that possibility that we're being invited into of as a process it's all held in this in life instead of the yeah that's just so helpful thank you yes and it's what we've been touching on throughout this, this, this radio show, that because we're so conditioned, it, we believe the content, right? And we're drawn into the world in which I identify with everything in that world as what is true. And it's very hard to tell without a lot of practice that the entire thing is made up. Because if we step out of it, even for one second, we know it's not up to me. Yes, yes. And so it's yeah. never about resolving, oh, if I'm being told about failure, I need to be more successful. Or if I, you know, whatever the, the I, if I worry about this or if I solve this, then it will be fine. 
if we go into the world and believe the conversation, then the world that of conditioned mind becomes real. And that's why we look at it as a process from the process perspective or disidentification, because we can only see the untruth when we step out of it. Yeah. Yes. Two completely different worlds. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. One of which is not true. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jen. So, Ashwini? Yes? That conversation is one of our stories. Sherry, you're breaking up a little bit for me. Could you, I I don't know, I I can hear only every second word. Well, let me try it again, and if it it doesn't work, stop me, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. So the story is, I get on the airplane or the train with all of my luggage for my trip. And then... I sit down in the seat and I hold all of my luggage on my lap during the trip. The alternative is to let the train or the airplane carry the luggage while I relax and enjoy the journey. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Life will carry our luggage just fine. We can relax and enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what practice does is to point out the fact that we don't have to hold on to the luggage. The train's quite capable of doing that because in that yeah. gripping, in that stress, in that unconscious uh, clenching, it's not, we're, there's no awareness that I'm on a train that is perfectly adequate to carry all the luggage. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all up to me. I got to make it happen. All right. Thank you, Ashwini. Thank you, everybody. Go happy. Go happy. <laughs>